This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Welcome to the Inspirational, Informational, and Transparent Aviation Careers Podcast. If you have any questions, comments, inspirational stories, or announcements, please write us at feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com. First, a few announcements. Uh, you can find the scholarships guide, of course, at aviationcareerspodcast.com and also career coaching and various other online courses. And don't forget to use the coupon code PAYITFORWARD, all in one word, through the generosity of others. You may receive a scholarship guide for free. You know, if you want to pay it forward, go to the website, aviationcareerspodcast.com, click on Pay It Forward, and uh, for every $50 that people pay for, we actually throw in an extra scholarship guide for free. You can buy just one uh, for someone that you want to pay it forward to, uh, and just they can use that coupon code, pay it forward. Also, one question that we do get asked a lot is, how can I pay it forward to an individual? In other words, I want to buy like a gift certificate. Uh, for an individual person. Uh, we don't really have it set up that way, but since we process everything manually, all the pay it forward coupons, you can do this. If you pay it forward, say you just buy one guide, then what we'll do is we'll actually uh, send a, a coupon code to you, a actual specific coupon code for that person. And you can send them that coupon. They can use it at any time. It's one year access to the scholarships guide. So instead of the pay it forward, putting that in the line, uh, we send you an actual uh, secret coupon code, an actual individual coupon code. Uh, so when you do purchase it, send us your receipt to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com and tell us, you know, you wanted to pay it forward to an individual. So instead of us adding another coupon to the pay it forward campaign, we'll send you the coupon. That's all. It's that simple. So we'll send you an individual coupon if you want to pay it forward for an individual. So same thing. Go to the Pay It Forward page, and you can click on that and pay it forward. Anyway, also another announcement, the July Scholarships Guide is available. Uh, this month there's 29 new scholarships and six updates. We're up to 500, I think 580 pages now in the Scholarships Guide. That's one of the reasons we don't actually print it and use it as an online guide because of the fact that it's so darn big. Uh, so... Anyway, go check that out, uh, the uh, aviationcareerspodcast.com. Click on Scholarships Guide, or just click on Scholarships, really. Anyway, before we get started, a couple things. Today I'm broadcasting from, I am in Syracuse, New York, uh, on an overnight. I do, I've been doing a lot of longer overnights, so I can do a lot more work. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that you know we fly every day, but sometimes we have really long overnights that carry over until like a calendar day. What does that mean? Like a full day off, a full calendar day off. So flew yesterday, got in la late last night. Uh, I'm here in Syracuse and doing this from my hotel room and recording this podcast. What's, uh, what's really interesting is you can get a lot of work done if you uh, have your schedule like that. I used to do this at my last job. People asked me how did I get so much work done and stuff like that. That's one part of it is being on the road. I actually bid trips where I get uh, a good 30-hour layover. Some people don't like that because they feel it's not as uh, efficient. Uh, I find it is very, very efficient. Also, what normally happens a lot of times, uh, they'll pack your schedule on the first day and then also on the last day. Uh, and what's really cool is uh, I do a lot of flying the first day. A lot of times someone will 
buy off my trip. As a matter of fact, I've had that happen. What does that mean by buying off your trip? Uh, like, for instance, the first day I had three legs. The first one was a turn, like, say, to, I don't know, to Buffalo and back. And uh, so there's a person in the training department that needs that trip and uh, wants to gain some hours for proficiency because the folks in the training department, they don't fly that much. They fly a simulator. So then, therefore, they went ahead and uh, bought that trip from me. In other words, I get paid for it even though they're flying it. So that's uh, a really good opportunity for me to make a few extra bucks and go in a little bit later. Or also on the other end, uh, uh, have three legs and they'll buy off another turn on the end of the trip. Uh, it's really cool. It's um, uh, most almost every airline does that, uh, or every airline I know of that I've flown for does that, and that I know of. It's really a, a great opportunity to yeah, add a little bit more to your income. Also, people ask me, you know, how is it that I get so much work done? Uh, just believe me, I don't do this all by myself. I have a team. As a matter of fact, there's been a bit of a change to our team. Uh, as you've heard over the years, I've mentioned uh, uh, somebody who's been behind the scenes who's never actually been on the show. Maybe we'll have to uh, have him on the show sometime. That's Russ Bonju. Russ, actually, uh, he's been uh, my assistant for years, and uh, he's moving on. And I wish him the best of luck. But we never would have been able to get to this point with the podcast, Scholarships Guide, and all the other things that we do with the career coaching, et cetera, without Russ, because uh, obviously you can't do everything by yourself. I mean, we, we do six podcasts a month, uh, four for this show and two for another show I do. Plus, I help out with Sun and Fun. I coach a team. There's no way I could do all this work without the, the great help of some other folks. And uh, stepping up to the plate is uh, somebody else who's going to be stepping into Russ's position. And uh, we have somebody else who's actually uh, stepping in to help out with the editing of uh, of the podcast as you've heard alicia she's been somebody i've mentioned every so often uh as far as the scholarships guide she's going to step into the position of helping manage the uh the podcast etc again thanks so much to russ bonchu for all he's done and again we never would have made it here uh, without his help and insight into many different aspects of the business and some of the I ideas he's actually put forth so thanks again russ uh and good luck with everything you're going to do in the future um, anyway, the um, again, going back to the pay it forward, one thing that uh, I did mention is a lot of people have been asking about it lately. If we do find out this is something that uh, is very, very popular, we may wind up doing something different. But f uh, right now, uh, pay it forward to an individual, say giving a gift certificate or something like that. All you got to do is uh, buy one and send us the receipt for that. Anyway, let's move on to some questions we have here. Uh, so our first question comes in, says, Hello. I'm a 26-year-old just discovering the fascinating world of aviation. I have an established career in finance that I can't see doing for the rest of my life. I've always been fascinated with aviation, and on recent cross-country flight, it occurred to me that being a pilot would tick quite a few of my boxes, so to speak. Since that time, I've been doing research, including listening to your awesome podcast, and I've been even located a great flight school in my area. From a financial standpoint, I've decided to take things one step at a time and start with my private and build hours until I can afford to get my ratings needed to fly commercially. My only concern is that I'm currently taking SSRI medication for anxiety. Um, and the person relates that with the type of medications they're taking, but one thing you have to be careful of, and, and he mentions Wellbutrin and... Uh, sorry, I can't even say the other one. Anyway, these... Um, Certain ones are uh, approved, but Wellbutrin is not. Uh, and he says he's planning to talk to a doctor about coming off the medications because uh, it doesn't have any existing conditions. Um, 
but I'm curious if I'll have any trouble, he, he continues, I'm curious if I'll have any trouble getting my class three medical because I've had two medication regimen even if I'm no longer taking the meds. I'm aware that they will make exceptions on a case-by-case basis, but I don't want to pour a great deal of time and energy into pursuing training if I'm not going to pass the medical clearance. Any advice can provide would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for all you do for your current and future aviators. Well, thanks so much. You know, one of the things, obviously I'm not a doctor, um, but we have a, a great resource in there. Um, there's uh, recommended reading. On One of the links in there is a website to aviation medical, aviationmedicine.com. Uh, the Aviation Medical Advisory Service, that's what I use. Also, if you're a member of AOPA, you can kind of discuss some of these medical issues with them. Uh, they have resources, AMAS, um, and all the other ones that are out there they actually charge for a consultation to say, hey, this is something that you can or cannot take. One of the things, though, that's really cool about their website, I'm glad you brought up the medications, and this comes up often. Like a doctor will say, hey, I'm going to prescribe this for you. And then you say to them, hey, doc, you know what? I can't take that. That's uh, that's something that you know I can't take because it's one of those medications that the FAA won't allow. Uh, w- one thing that you can do is there's this uh, – bunch of websites, FAA and also on Aviation Medical Advisories, there's a list and you can go down and look at the medications. You kind of do a search on it and it'll pull it up. You can also download the one from from the website there with the FAA. Uh, so that's kind of some, you know, preliminary research. But from there, you need to start talking to somebody. Uh, you can obviously can talk to a senior aviation medical examiner, uh, you know, one that you've been working with, and that's the person you go to for your medical. Um, but a lot of times they don't, uh, you know, they may may or may not know about this uh, instance or may not have a lot of experience with helping uh, people get through their medicals. So you have to be choosy who you pick. Uh, that's why I like to use this service. It's not uh, It's not cheap. It's not free. Uh, but uh, the first consultation actually is really inexpensive. One of the things that I've found, though, is that if, if you really need help, and believe me, I've been through this a bunch of times, if you really need help with your medical, uh, this organization, AMAS, and others are really good people to go towards. Uh, so, yes, start looking at that. Um, you aren't alone, by the way. There's a lot of other people, same situation, uh, who've had to come off medications. And believe me, I've had doctors want to prescribe me some medication. I was looking at like, whoa, whoa, time out. We can't do that. Uh, that's, uh, that's not allowed uh, for my FA medical. They just don't know. Um, and that's the way it is. Even simple stuff. Um, say you're taking, you know, tons of people are on, as they get older, they take medications for like uh, blood pressure and stuff like that. Um, some of them are not allowed. A majority of them are, uh, but it's always a good idea. Just kind of check with your doctor and check that online database. I hope that helps again, go to the recommended reading pages, lots of other good stuff on there too, as far as links. Um, but, uh, you'll see aviation medical advisory services. Let's see. Next question. Says, oh, I love your podcast. It is wonderful. Can you do an episode on how to get hired at a major slash legacy airline? There are many pilots are the regionals appreciate any tips or suggestions. Maybe if you have a guest on that is part of a hiring department or a line pilot at a major would be great. Thank you. Uh, I've actually done some hiring uh, with the airline I'm with, and we've had some people uh, from the regionals here that have come on. Uh, some of those have actually moved on to the majors. Uh, it's a similar process uh, at the majors. It's just a little more selective. Uh, and it's just every airline is different. So by the majors, it's just something different. For instance, Delta has a certain 
process they go through, United, uh, American, etc. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do some more of that. It's, uh, but just in general, uh, getting hired with the different airlines, there's, there's a process and there's some, some really good resources online. Again, that recommended reading. I have some links to some websites, uh, some aviation interview websites and things like that. But having an individual on, I think that's a, a great idea. I appreciate the, uh, the tip there. Okay, moving on to the next question. It says, um, thank you for what you do for the podcast. As an inspiration in the scholarships, guys, is an amazing tool. Since I was a kid, I dreamed of flying before they moved the Denver airport. I would visit family who lived near the airport and spend all day watching planes take off and land, daydreaming of flying the airliners. Years later, I was told the Air Force that I could not fly due to wearing glasses, so I gave up on flying and joined the Army. After I got out, I uh, went to uh, university and got my bachelor's. I've since been working in hotels, and while working in the D.C. area, had the pleasure of hosting ALPA, that's the Airline Pilots Association, for their conference along with a few legacy carrier flight crews on their overnights. During the ALPA conference, I met many pilots with glasses, and they reignited my desire to become an airline pilot. Since then, I have returned to Hawaii and am looking at a few different Part 61 schools as my work schedule is not the most conducive to Part 141. Being a hotel manager is fun, but knowing that I can still chase and live my childhood dream of being an airline pilot has made the job less satisfying. The more I hear the planes flying out of the airport, the more I want to change careers. Currently, I'm 35, or excuse me, 34 and have a family. I've been researching my options for financing training and want to what type of flying I can do in the islands to build hours. I'm also looking at what airlines I would like to target for employment as I build time and start conversations with the recruiter. Dream career, of course, is flying international routes for Hawaiian Airlines or Delta. My concern is trying to build time and support my family with a high cost of living where I am. Current income is not that high, so the regionals actually may be uh, in pay increase. So, as I said, fail to plan, you you plan to fail. I like that. This is why I'm looking at several options, like becoming a CFI at the flight school I attend, and quitting being a manager at the hotel, maybe changing to a, a desk agent who make out about the same or more uh, upselling opportunities and work part-time while uh, get more time in the air. Or flying for the local airline, like a Mokalele, a local commuter. Uh, not sure which is a better plan. Um, I'll need to build time uh, to get my ATP and, uh, and need PIC time to move on from there. Uh, there's many different airlines out there. The, uh, again, thanks for the podcast and the information uh, you put out is very inspirational. It helps me take a step closer to my goal every day by looking at another scholarship, school, etc. I'm going for an intro flight with two schools in the next few weeks. One was canceled due to heavy rain and lightning. We have been having, I've scheduled an appointment with an AME to get my first class medical as I've had some injuries in the past career that may affect me. It may or may not, depending on, the, on what you have there. I uh, don't want to get excited about a move into my childhood dream just to have it taken away. I know the FA gives exceptions. This requires some extra legwork, but I would rather start that now than later. Any advice on how you're better structure my plans of any other flying in the Hawaiian Islands and build hours would be greatly appreciated. Mahalo, and have a wonderful day. Um, oh, there seem to be no, uh, he mentioned there's no scholarships in the guide specific to Hawaii, and, and uh, 
he uh, shared some that we may want to share on the in the scholarships guide. We definitely put some of these in there in the scholarships guide. We do have some that are specific to Hawaii, but uh, they're more academic scholarships, um, aviation-related, but academic scholarships. But we will definitely take those and plug those that you gave us into the scholarships guide. I really, really appreciate that. Uh, so that was awesome. Some of these scholarships uh, are awards $1,500 or so, and I think that's, that's a terrific uh, help there. As far as flying on the islands, well, yeah, it is. It's a, it's a challenge. I mean, you you just have to realize that, uh, you know, building time and being somewhere that's very expensive, uh, you know, can be a challenge. Also, one thing that I find in certain areas that are expensive, you do get more flight time because people usually have a little bit more money in those areas uh, and uh, choose to live in those areas. But you're right; it's uh, it's going to be a, a challenge. Uh, but you're you just do it one day at a time. Uh, like you said, as far as uh, you had mentioned, too, in your email that you're joining AOPA, and I think that's great, uh, Aircraft Owners and Pots Association, uh, to move forward with your career there. Um, but one of the things that you, you really need to do is just start building flight time. I like the fact that you're choosing uh, some different airlines that you're con- looking towards for your goal. Just remember, you never know what your goal is going to be and which one you may really, really want to go fly for. Depends on your age. Depends on your situation. Uh, I never uh, thought I would ever land the airline job I have now uh, because I had thought I was going somewhere else, and then that door shut, and it's moving on to the next thing. What's interesting is what you mentioned, too, about glasses. I think some of the people that are listening don't realize this, but in the past you couldn't fly uh, with glasses. And as a matter of fact, some of the airlines wouldn't even hire you. Some of the major airlines wouldn't even hire you if you had, had glasses. I think it was Delta those last holdout. So now that's totally changed. It's changed even in the military. Uh, certain injuries that you talked about, of course, that's one thing that, and we talked about medic, medicals and trying to get those and, and uh, getting in consultation. The first consultation is pretty inexpensive. Again, you can go to, to the recommended reading uh, section of the website and talk to some of the folks at AMAS. But one of the things that you have to make sure of is, is this really going to be a problem or not? Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Uh, and yes, there's many ways to get a medical uh, statement of demonstrated ability, et cetera, depending on what your situation is. Uh, but the most important thing is, is to have that individual discussion. Uh, many paths to go, um, many ways to stay where you are. Uh, of course, you mo- mentioned Mokulele. Uh, that's one airline that you can get some time. Of course, that's a uh, single engine, and uh, they, uh, they also have the, they have the, excuse me, the assessment caravans, and that's, uh, you know, it's cool, it's great, it's fun, and I know people are there, but at some point you do need to get some of that multi-engine time. Of course, there's uh, many, many airlines on the mainland, and that may have, be something you need to do is kind of go to the mainland and start flying for a little bit and then try to get back uh, over to Hawaii. know a lot of friends there that fly in Hawaii and just absolutely love it. So I think that's that's really, really awesome. I uh, hope that's helped, and uh, like I said, I'll try to get those uh, scholarships you sent forward to us into the guide. Uh, we've been trying to put as many as possible in it, so we're really working hard at that. Thanks again for the question. Anyway, the uh, last question comes in. This is a, a good one, so I want to kind of go over this. I think it's a real important one. It says, hey, Carl, I uh, just wanted to compliment you and your staff on producing such an informative, positive, uplifting, and helpful podcast for aspiring young aviators. I listen to most of them. I'm always struck by your optimism, your constructive criticism, your eager desire to help younger people, and your obvious desire to assist anyone pursuing a career in aviation. Compliments are deserved for you and all your professional staff for providing such a resource to young college students, new military pilots, or anyone who's interested in a career in aviation. I have a dilemma I wanted to share with you all. 
My 17-year-old son is leaning towards a career in aviation, has, uh, has mentioned he may want to attend an aviation university. He has a few interests which he may pursue, but aviation or becoming an airline corporate military pilot could be one of them. Not sure I want this for him, nor do I feel I need to encourage him to pursue this, as my aviation career has been a disaster. What recommendations would you suggest for me in handling this possible flying bug my son may have? Well, my recommendation, of course, is, is let him fly. If he's into flying, just get out there and get your license. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and to go ahead and, and tell the story here. But just remember that um, everybody's path to the airlines has been different. Everybody has many different experiences. But uh, anyway, let's, let's talk about this. As a side note about me, I'm mid-50s and fly for a major U.S. legacy airline. I started in the military but wasn't qualified to fly since my eyesight wasn't 2020 uncorrected. Late 1980s induction date. I left the military and decided to pursue a civilian flying and then paid my dues by flight instructing, ground instructing, networking, and finally getting hired as to fly a corporate pilot. This was short-lived as a natural disaster destroyed most air assets my company had, so I was unemployed for a bit. I took non-flying jobs for almost a year and then got hired after getting current by a charter airline. That lasted 14 months. Then I went overseas for a contract flying job with a foreign airline. For about six months, this was cut short by labor actions and politics, and after about two months, was unemployed again. I was lucky to get another charter airline job, which lasted for almost two years, but was also cut short by an airline accident by a startup low-cost company, effectively grounding uh, many low-cost and charter airlines. Finally got hired by a major U.S. airline, hoping for stability and a permanent job in 1996. My airline was bought by another, larger airline in 2001. It was placed in the seniority integration essentially at the bottom uh, then 9-11 occurred, and after 15 months, was furloughed for a very long time period. Flew for an international charter airline during my furlough and returned in 2012 to the major airline job with great eagerness and optimism for the future. But my airline merged with another, smaller airline, and for reasons I can't explain, I was again placed at the bottom of a combined seniority list. In this integration, I was placed below pilots who were in high school or college when I was hired at a major airline, and all these pilots were younger than me less experienced than me, and had served at major airlines many years less than me. I've flown with pilots who were high school students on 9-11-01 when I was a 767 FO at a major airline. It's been the most humiliating, most degrading, and most devastating situation I've faced since I've become an airline pilot. Simply put, I wish I never had chosen airline flying as a career. I loathe unions and am confused by brain-dead arbitrators and have decided this career was a bad choice. I had to reprogram my life after the latest blow to evaluate what is important in my life, health, family, friends, etc., and what isn't, airplanes, airports, and unions. I now have to live out the remaining nine years of my miserable, unimpressive career until I can finally put all this bad career luck behind me. Now I need to face the fact that my son may want to fly for, as a career, and I don't have it in me to encourage him or inspire him to excite him about it because my career has been so bad. I don't want him to struggle like I did, go through layoffs, bankruptcies, mergers, seniority-less integrations like I did. See, his career progression and opportunities for advancement get utterly decimated by seniority placements of younger, less experienced, and seasoned pilots ahead of him if his company merges with another. What should I do? I want him to do what he wants, but I'm not pushing him towards aviation or specifically airline flying. I'd highly encourage him to pursue military career, fly possibly corporate. I would never want him to go into airline flying. Thanks for listening, and I want to vent too much. The main reason for my meal is to compliment you and encourage you to help young aspiring aviators not to act like an angry, bitter old pilot. I think your podcast is very helpful, and in some ways it has helped me. I really enjoy hearing about young people who are still passionate about flying, something that left me a few years ago after suffering the latest indignity in my career. 
Keep up the great work and keep encouraging young people to pursue their passion. And congratulations to you all, and I wish the very best. Sincerely. Um, hey, you know, as far as it, that was a good story. I hear that story quite often. Um, so you're not alone in that. And I, of course, have been furloughed myself a couple of years. Uh, did some non-flying jobs, but kind of kept with it and kept moving forward. You're actually at a major right now, uh, and I and I see it's interesting in the tone. It seems like you're not very happy because of where you are and where you expected to be. Um, I usually tell people it's a, it's probably a good time to get out, and and that's to to kind of change careers. I know it's kind of tough in the, this late in your career because you're making so much money at a major airline, and it's hard to change to something else you might really enjoy. Uh, but for those people like myself who've been through the same thing, kept going, getting bumped back, and you know, I didn't have to do recurrent for what four years because I kept having to try try to find a new airline job after those four years. Just for for folks like that to just love to fly, I think it, it's been something that's uh, you know in my blood and just uh, it's something that I really really enjoy. Put it in perspective, I've been in you know a couple other industries and uh, and actually. Uh, can't too, complain too much. Every airline career, every airline and every career, I should say, has its setbacks. Uh, we will have another recession someday. No matter what industry you're in, everybody is prone to those downturns. Uh, we saw it in the computer industry, which I had worked in. I was in the food industry for a while. Uh, everything has its ups and downs. As far as seniority list, that's not going to change. Um, and that's something people have to understand is that uh, – you know, we we have these seniority lists at airlines, and sometimes there's a merger, sometimes there's a change of management, whatever it is, and they decide to sell the airline, move on. Uh, you may get stuck at the bottom of another airline. That, that happened happened to me. I mean, I was uh, on a seniority list at a legacy airline, and then uh, didn't make what was called Schindler's List and was flushed off there. But it's uh, one of those jobs where you just kind of have to keep moving forward and, and think about, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to fly for the airlines. And it sounds like you, you're going to have another nine years in, uh, nine years left in your career. As far as trying to inspire somebody else to go for that career, this is my, my whole philosophy on that. That doesn't matter about the airline career or whatever it is, is always you know encourage somebody who's younger to just pursue what it is they want and give them the ups and downs of every industry. One of the reasons I kind of, I read your email is, is the fact that there are some downsides to this industry. Um, but with all that said, you know, it's, it's an industry where some people have good luck and some people have bad luck. Uh, you've had bad luck. Some people say I've had bad luck, but, um, you know, it all depends on your attitude towards that whole industry. And if you really don't want to be in it, you know, it's, it's a good idea to get, get out. I mean, it really, really is. Um, and then there, and cause there's other things out there you can do, obviously for not the same amount of money. It's one of the highest paying jobs out there that it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a really, really good paying job. So it, it's hard to replace that income with something else. I get that. But as far as encouraging anybody to do anything, let them find out for themselves. But given that's why we give people this information. Say, hey, listen, there are furloughs. That's going to happen. Uh, currently, a lot of the folks that are younger, and they've never seen a recession. We've had such a good run for so many years. Uh, they may not understand what it's like. So one of the things you have to do, and it's hard to really stress this amongst people starting to get into the industry, is you know you have to you have to hope for the best, but plan for the worst. Make sure that you're financially stable enough that if there is a hiccup, you can continue forward. You know, for me, uh, it was months after you know I got hired with an airline. Nine eleven happened, and then I was on the street uh, and just keep pushing forward. Uh, what happens is is this is that you get people in the industry. This is an interesting thing. They've never had any challenges at all their whole career. Uh, some people have had gone their whole career 
nothing, no hiccups, no anything. Then you have people like yourself where you've had one thing after another happen. So you never know what's going to happen in someone's career. It all depends on, it's like the musical chairs. It all depends on when and where they get hired. Uh, and there's a lot of things out of your control that you can't do and you can't change. Even me as a business owner, I know that uh, you know you feel like you can control your own destiny, but there's a lot of things that can happen in life uh, moving forward. Uh, but there's lots of other flying jobs out there. Uh, obviously, there's things like flying as a as a corporate pilot, like you said. They have challenges too. You know, I've worked with a lot of people who lose their jobs. One day they come in, say, "Hey, we're closing the corporate aviation department. See you later," uh, and they have to start all over again. So every job has its challenges, uh, and that's the biggest thing I want. Uh, I want you to tell you know your child is that no matter what it is you get into, there's going to be challenges along the way. Uh, so it it might be hard for you to encourage the person to go into the career. Um, but look at your career now and what it is you, you maybe like about it now. So hopefully that's, that's helped out a little bit. But anyway, thanks for the email. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad someone's kind of talked about some of the challenges. We normally don't read uh, emails like that because it's you know, all over the Internet. Uh, you can find a lot of stories uh, similar to that, how, how there's been ups and downs in the industry. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff out there. But I think there was, there was a real good one talking about how, you know, how you've had those challenges and had to go overseas and do some fl- uh, flying, et cetera. So the most important thing for people that are listening that, that are trying to move forward in their careers, get as much hours as you can so you can qualify for other jobs. Because when furloughs and downturns happen, you want to be the most qualified pilot for the next job that's coming along. Uh, the way there. So anyway, hope that's helped. I really appreciate the email. And uh, and actually, that's about all we're going to have time for. Don't forget to te- check out the Pay It Forward campaign. Like I said, uh, if you want to send a, a Pay It Forward or a coupon to somebody else, just send it along uh, to me and say, hey, listen, this Pay It Forward coupon, because we do these all manually, this is actually for an individual. Can you print me an actual specific coupon I can give to that person? And we'll actually send you a coupon. Uh, other than that, don't forget the most important thing uh, that you can do as far as when you're looking towards a career in anything, aviation and whatever it may be, is that you have to do something today. Do something now to move forward in your career and in your life. Well, we'll talk to you next episode and stay flying. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler, all rights reserved.